Hey there, welcome to Alters Up Witches, a podcast that explores the roles of queer and trans artists and witches at the intersections of ritual, art, and community. Join Kiki and Elva every fall and new moon for witch tips, a lunation reading, conversations, and guest interviews. Follow us on Instagram at The Living Alter for more information. And Space Daddy. With another New Moon-ish episode of... Alters Up Witches. Witches, 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 witches. <laughs> I'm so excited for today's episode because we are trying a new approach mm-hmm. and making the episodes that we do solo not specific to a date or a time. So just creating this with the intention of whenever you are accessing this or listening to this, it will be relevant to you and your process and your life at this moment. Absolutely. So what we're doing is recording our new moon episode on the new moons and just bringing that energy into the conversation and letting the energy of whatever new moon um, and whatever celestial events that are happening kind of guide the conversation and the theme and determine the themes uh, for each of our um solo episodes or episodes without guests. So let's try that on and see how that works. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. Well. 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 I'm super excited about the reading. Mm. Um, so I want to dive in. I also would love to invite folks at home to facilitate their own reading. So I uh, pulled a reading for the collective, and this is also a reading that you can do for yourself. So it's both. Um, This is a reading in accessing radical self-honesty, accessing self-accountability, and turning within to Uh, access reflection and introspection around your own healing process. So it's a three card spread. I also pulled two extra cards for last messages. I'm working with the living altar Oracle deck as well as the Toth deck. And the first card in the first station is what am I avoiding being honest with myself about? The second card is drawn from underneath the deck, and this card is illuminating what's underneath this that needs healing. And then the third card is how can I be accountable and proactive in shifting into a place of integrity or self-honesty within myself. And then if you're needing a clarifying card, I do suggest pulling one or two last cards to create any, uh, clarification or what I like to do is pull some last cards to 
see what could be helpful with my ritual practices. So I want to dive into this reading. Um, this is through the intention of this being for the collective. We have the new moon in Aries today, but also this can be applicable to at any point that you're listening to this episode. So the first card I drew um, in the stations of uh, what am I not being honest with myself about? Uh-oh. I drew the spring card from the Living Altar Oracle deck, and then I also drew Prince of Swords from the Toth deck. And what I'm really seeing with this is, uh, especially with the Swords energy, is there's an, a level of communication. Um, there's a level of directness, and there's a level of... Um, something not being expressed. Um, and that might even be just relationship with yourself. Um, there might be something that you're avoiding at this time, or maybe you're not being honest with yourself and you're having a hard time even expressing it to yourself. So something I'm seeing is that there might be like a stagnation or blocks around self-communication that, you know, that, that feeling of like, I really want to name this for myself, or I really want to be honest with myself about this thing, but you feel like maybe you shouldn't feel that way, or like there's guilt around something that you are feeling, so you try to even shift your feelings into being another way, right? This sounds really vague, but I feel like this is for someone out there. (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I'm like, I feel like this sounds kind of like vague or like, um, like I'm like, someone's not even being honest with themselves about like how they feel about something. It reminds me of like in the nineties when we, there was like this influx of psychic television shows and like the psychic host would be like, um, does somebody have a grand mother or grandfather who died (laughs) whose name is either Bill, Bucky, Betty, something with the B. Is that you? Oh my god, totally, totally. Yes. Like uh, Sylvia Brown, like you just Sylvia Browned it. a little bit more here. Dial it in. Yeah. Daddy's in space. <laughs> yeah, because, like, the springtime energy is, like, there's something that needs to blossom, bloom, you know, like, there's something that needs to be, like, expressed in, like, a certain way, and it feels like there's either something that's feeling too harsh or, like, um, like something I'm hearing is like a double at sword or like a, like either approach that you turn, it's like, it's painful or it's, um, hard to look at, you know? Um, and, you know, kind of turning to the question, what am I avoiding within myself? It might even just be, um, to communication within, within yourself. Like you're avoiding this sense of like, even, uh, communicating and taking the time to listen to yourself or even 
deepen that reflection around like how you feel about a certain thing, how you feel about a certain situation, or maybe there's something happening that you're like, I feel like I shouldn't feel this way. So you're like trying to push it down. (laughs) I also like, I wonder too, like, could it be that in looking at some of the things that are rising up with this spring Mm -hmm. energy to be addressed, there might be, a number of things that you have to do instead of things you want to do and like reconciling that, reconciling that. I was just talking to, um, little baby brat earlier today about that. That is so real. And like something I'm also hearing is it's okay to be annoyed about something. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we feel like we shouldn't be annoyed with something. Cause like, I feel like even the feeling of being annoyed, annoyed about something is annoying. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, like I think sometimes just saying like, I'm annoyed with this. Mm-hmm. I'm irritated yeah. with this. I love being irritable. I also love disappointment. I love disappointing people. I love to like burst bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it, but I think that maybe not everybody enjoys that kind of discomfort, you know, emotional edging. (laughs) No, like, okay. I hate talking about my personal feelings, but I'm, I'm going to right now. Wow. Wow. I don't like being annoyed with things. Mm. And lately in Aries season, I've felt really annoyed with certain things that are happening collectively. And, I'm annoyed with myself because I'm annoyed. Mm. And, you know, I'm just, I guess I'm just using this as an arbitrary example because it could be anything else. Like maybe you feel sad about something and you're like, I shouldn't feel sad about this thing. Or maybe you feel like, um, yeah, angry about something, but you're like, I don't even know why I'm angry. I shouldn't feel angry about this. It's like what you're being dishonest about is like just this, this feeling of like, um, you're not actually showing up to like that emotion yeah. or like that feeling. It's like, yeah. just own it. You know, I feel like the cards are just saying like, just own the fucking feeling. It's happening anyway. Yeah. It's happening anyway. And the more you push down, it's going to arise even more. Um, yeah, because I was looking at the other cards and what's underneath of this is really interesting because it's so earth centered what's underneath, um, this that needs healing is resource and the queen of pentacles. So resource, I feel like is like connecting to your own foundations is connecting to your, yourself and your emotions as your own sense of resource. And, you know, the queen of pentacles, I always see as boundaries. So, um, this might be a time that you're, some some like aspects of the container needs to be fortified. Like what they keep showing me, the spirits are showing me is there's leaks. There's a leak in the container Mm -hmm. and things are leaking out sideways. It's like, you know, like when there's like a hole in a bucket yeah. And you're like, why is the water leaking out? Yeah. And you don't even see the hole. There's a hole in your hole. bucket. You don't even see the hole. Dear Liza, baby, get a, a new bucket. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're getting, you got to get a new bucket. Yeah. Like you're gonna be, you, someone needs a new container. Yeah. We need to redistribute those resources. Yes. Yeah. Ask for some yes. help. Ask for some help. Yeah. Um, 
if you also are like very self-reliant, sometimes it can be really hard to ask others for assistance or maybe it's like you need to just ask someone to look at your bucket. <laughs> Can you check out my bucket? <laughs> and that's a euphemism, and it's also, like, just very real. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just need someone to look at your bucket, mm-hmm. look at your container, like, mm-hmm. hey, can you sh- tell me, are there leaks in this container? Mm-hmm. Are there holes in this container? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you help me patch them up? Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe you need a, a new bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah it feels like... Um, you know, looking kind of back at the themes and, like, what it is that there's, like, dishonesty about, it's, like, it. I feel like sometimes with, like, the, the Prince of Swords, that energy, it's, like, you can kind of, like, get stuck in a loop, like, a mind loop of, like, and some, something I'm hearing with this sense of resource is, like, disrupting that loop. Like, there's a loop that needs to be disrupted or, like, there's, like... Yeah, that that resource needs to be delegated, or um, someone needs to like go to Fred Meyer with you and get a new bucket. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, how do I be accountable and show up to myself in um, self honesty? Relationship from the Living Altar and then Princess of Wands. So. I mean, I feel like relationship feels really (laughs) self-explanatory. It's like interconnectedness. It's um, connection with others. It's being in relationship. It's seeing yourself in the web of community and collective. Um, You know, I think like being able to, first of all, one, show up to others um, and two, ask for help from others is being in that place in relationship. And it is, that is a sense of accountability, I think, because we don't live in a vacuum and we can't be self-reliant all the time. And I feel like that, that sense of like the princess of wands is like, it's like fun and creativity. And like, there's like an aspect of like reclaiming that as well. That's feels like it's wanting to come back into this. And then the last messages are the universe and water. Um, It feels like water is coming in to support the emotional realm and the emotional body through ritual. Um, So it feels like there's some level of soothing that wants to happen, self-soothing, and just a level of being... uh, in a space of flow and being in a space of surrender, I think water can really assist through support, through ritual practices. Um, something that I've been doing this month is um, remaking all my sprays. Mm. So I feel like I love working with ritual sprays because it's a way to connect to water and air. And um it just brings in that sense of kind of connection to, 
yeah, connecting to the emotional body through a ritual practice. And, um, the, the class I taught last night, I went over how to make your own spray. And, um, something I really love doing is charging the water that you're going to make into the spray, uh, on a tarot card that you connect with, or maybe you pull for yourself that is like, you know, what are you needing in this time? Or maybe this month, pull a card for yourself and charge the water over that card, um, to really invoke kind of just that sense of, um, uh, yeah, like magic that you're needing for that time, that lunar cycle that month. Um, because I feel like the universe is really speaking to like a sense of liberation or like a sense of closing of cycles. Um, also just wanting to name, not to get too specific, but, um, we are starting the astrological new year and the new moon is really like catalyzing the astrological new year right now. So I feel like setting those intentions for this next year, I think can, um, be a way to be honest with yourself and be accountable to yourself of what, what do you want to set into motion? What do you want to create? And, um, it can be even, you know, centered in, you want to be experiencing more play or more fun. You know, it doesn't have to be like deep shadow work. So yeah, I feel like there's a lot of ways to access self accountability and yeah, it doesn't have to be like one way or another. That's awesome. Thanks for that reading. Oh, of course. Any thoughts? Oh. Questions? <laughs> thoughts, questions, likes, comments, like, subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> Make sure to hit that like yeah. button. <laughs> um, I, I just really love the court cards, and I, yeah. I just find when they show up in readings, they're so action-oriented, in, but in this way where they arrive fully embodied in the resources necessary to take action. And so when I see them show up in readings, I think, oh, you're, this is happening to you. <laughs> like, it's, mm. this is, it's already in motion. Yeah, that's what I was really sensing, like, especially with the Princess of Wands, because this feels so solar, mm-hmm. you know, like it, and this, the energy of this feels so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It just feels so like there's an element of fun. Yeah. There's an element of play. There's yeah. an element of joy. Yeah. Um, it feels to me like this Prince of Swords, this energy of like what you're not being honest about. It feels like self-denial. Yeah the energy of self-denial, like there's like something that's like wanting to like burst open, but you're like, no, mm-hmm. like there's like this energy of like pushing something down and this, like this sense of denying yourself something. Um, it could even be that like, there's a self punishment involved. Like it feels it feels really connected to like the inner child or like younger selves or like there's this sense of like, yeah, not allowing yourself to experience this beautiful like solar energy of expansion or maybe it's uh, denying yourself relationship or denying yourself connection, you know. 
And when I see it in relationship to the spring card, I also want to think about our conversation from last month around cycles and memories as portals and anniversaries Mm -hmm. as opportunities to recapitulate energy and maybe change our mind about how we move forward. Um, I think that after this year of quarantine and living in a global pandemic where we've, you know, experienced the death of millions of people, um, you probably have new thoughts, new opinions um, about things. And the Prince of Swords tells us that as spring rises, you have an opportunity to enact new belief systems. Mm -hmm. And so you probably feel a little weird. You probably are feeling a little Mm -hmm. resistant or self-shaming or self-punishing because Mm -hmm. you've maybe changed your mind about some stuff. And maybe you've not practiced these thoughts before. And so, or maybe some of the thoughts that you've Mm -hmm. been operating within aren't really doing it for you and you don't know another way to think about things. So this might be an opportunity for you to tap into resources and the resources you get to tap into are the resources of your relationships within community and sacrificing this individual, uh, this individualization or this, this need to have it all together, which is part of the theme of our conversation today. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel, I knew it was kind of, kind of tie in, um, You know, and something I was hearing, too, is to celebrate the feelings that you're having, even if it feels uncomfortable. Like, I was just kind of thinking about my example of, like, feeling annoyed and, like, feeling annoyed that I'm annoyed. And I was kind of realizing, like, oh, wait, actually, it's, like, a really good thing to be annoyed about certain maybe themes that are happening in collective right now that feel really out of... Uh, outside of my value system or maybe it's something that feels like an uh, Mm -hmm. injustice or, you know, just feels like this sense of, like, crossing boundaries. I feel like um, I was really hearing, like, sometimes it's a really good thing that you're angry about something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a really good thing that you're irritated because that means that there's something happening within you that's saying that like like a recognition of like there this isn't okay or like that there is a catalyst for change you could do this at home too and um you know pull some cards for yourself to kind of see what's going on underneath especially if you're feeling the Aries season aggravation (laughs) of like something rising to the surface. And I feel like Aries energy is like, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of like push pull energy. The energy can feel really weird sometimes. Um, maybe that's just me cause I'm a Libra, but, um, we have five planets in Aries right now. So yeah, it makes sense if things feel aggravated or things feel um, there's a level of like anger or annoyance. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks cool. for that reading. Of course. Well, I want to talk about witch tips, if I may. And you may. <laughs> thank you, Daddy. You may. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, may I? You, you know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> Two tops walk into a, a witch's temple. Um, 
Anyway, <laughs> use your imagination. <laughs> the viewers at home. <laughs> Um, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about um, this really harmful belief that I still see perpetuated in healing communities, particularly alternative healing communities, which is that you have to heal yourself entirely before you are in a position to be of service to others. And I want to just kibosh that. And I want to speak to that in this episode because I'm, I see it a lot in um, conversations by self-proclaimed practitioners and healers about other practitioners and healers who maybe um, experience reality differently um, and maybe experience their bodies differently than, than some people might understand. And <clears throat> I want to say that there's no there's no right way to be in relationship with yourself and my witch tip for this month is to spend some time with yourself and ask yourself how you want to be in relationship with yourself um and make that a regular practice. Maybe make that a new moon check-in for yourselves. Um, as somebody who lives in multiple dimensions and somebody who lives with multiple um, distinct aspects of self um, operating within one body, I watch these narratives on social media um, that are really ableist and really rooted in not only uh, capitalism and white supremacy, but the this insidious perfectionism that perpetuates uh, imperialism and settler colonialism, um, which is that you have to heal to be healed or you have to love yourself to receive love. And we don't really believe that. You know, as somebody who's multiply marginalized, multiply mentally ill, physically disabled, there's always going to be something about my experience of my body, my mind, and even the way I am in relationships with others in my life that will feel challenging. And I think that that's a really important place for us all to spend time examining. Because if we're constantly seeking perfection we're through our practice, we're going to be burning ourselves at every end. And that's going to cause us to um, become exhausted. That's going to cause spiritual burnout. Mm-hmm. And because we're seeking something that doesn't exist. We're seeking perfection, which doesn't exist. We're seeking this white supremacist, um, capitalist-driven idea uh, that we have a goal and a destination that is set and predetermined, and when we get there, everything's going to be super cool and amazing, and that just doesn't, doesn't exist. And if it does exist... It usually only exists for cis, het, mm-hmm. affluent, mm-hmm. abled white people who are well resourced as a result of their relationship to settlerism. Mm-hmm. And 
I really just want people listening to think this through. (laughs) You know, if you're constantly spending your money, your time, your thoughts, your emotional and spiritual energy trying to heal yourself towards perfection, you're never going to get there. And I think this is a tool of systemic oppression to exhaust us, to keep us busy on a hamster wheel so that we can't simply accept ourselves and move into deeper relationship with ourselves. Um, I had a mentor once who said, I don't, you know, I'm crazy, but I don't want to be immature about it. You know, and I think to myself all the time, like that's, that's really sound advice. Like be what you need to be, be what you are, but like be responsible for yourself as best as you can. Sometimes holding ourselves accountable and taking responsibility for our circumstances looks like asking for help. And I think sacrificing the individual, uh, the individualization or the, Mm -hmm. like the self as individual or the perfect self, um, idea, um, and sacrificing that and instead nurturing community connections, nurturing community resource, um, like that's, that's going to be a way that you can hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. And something that was really coming to mind is that reminder that you heal in relationship. Yeah. You know, and I feel like for the longest time I thought I just couldn't be in a relationship like a romantic partnership because I wasn't healed enough or like like I was like striving for this like realm of perfection that was not actually attainable or real. Um, and I feel like it relates because it's like, I was denying Mm -hmm. like even just like any connection because I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not healed enough, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it also relates to how we navigate community, you know, and how we can navigate just connections in our lives, you know, or, to be showing up in service to Mm -hmm. others too. Um, like if you were, um, you know, feeling called to show up in a way of service to collective and community, then that's what your spirits are guiding you to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, and it doesn't mean that, yes, I feel like the, the systems, they want like this pure state and it's like that pure state of perfectionism Mm -hmm. that's like a um it's a illusion it's a lie it's a lie it's a delusion it's delusional it's truly delusional and it's 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 sociopathic yeah 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 it's truly delusional it really is yeah and i think like you know it's like that sense of just like purism or something it's Mm -hmm. like i don't know how else to describe it but it feels like there's just this like like wanting to like rid yourself of everything Mm -hmm. um but like we're also constantly being impacted by the systems and these external factors and so we're not really all healed until all of us are right. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, we're all still connected into the interwebs Mm -hmm. of collective and society and like the entirety of healing. Like sometimes I even like, I'm just going to say something like I even like, I'm working on not using the word healer. Yeah. 
because I don't want to see it as like hierarchy. And sometimes I think that there's these hierarchical, um, like projections that yeah. are placed on that. There's it's, it's this, um, it's a leverage of power and a th- yes, that is rooted in false authority. It's, it's gross. And, and I think too, like people who seek to be the healer archetype as a, as a, as a exemplar, as like this, this pillar of perfection. These are folks who are, I am, I think craving power over others. Yeah. And that is really harmful. That's what's harmful. I want to say like, you know, what's, what's harmful in this is people who, claim to be the healer as this perfect archetype um, who are literally just hungry for authority over another person. And they take the power that their clients project onto them and they weave that into a self-assumed authority. And to me, that's abusive. Oh, absolutely. I do think that there's this... um you know, we're seeing, okay. I'm just going to talk about what I am annoyed with. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like kind of vaguely talking about it in the reading and I didn't want to put my own stuff in here, but I'm going to, cause it relates. It relates. We can not have this part. But, um, I'm really annoyed with some aspects of like how mainstream, the, I don't even like, don't even know if I want to talk about the healing world, like healing modalities, healing world. Um, I do think spirit work and, you know, magical work is so important. It is, I see it as, um, you know, part of liberation work. It is like activism work, um, when done in a way that you were, doing it through that lens of, uh, dismantling the systems. Um, but I think that there's some really intense, uh, how do I word this? Like, yeah, striving for power, striving for control, doing it in a way that's really unethical and I'm just tracking it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's I'm another not, extension of white supremacy. Yeah, and I'm not honestly. Even, I mean, I don't even like. I'm not even thinking of like an example. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even. I'm just seeing this in general, mm-hmm. like in the collective, in um, you know, the greater kind of whatever uh, magical spirit communities. Um, and then now, because it's becoming so popular, everyone wants to do it. Everybody's a healer now, which is great. You know, go heal yourself, baby. But, you know? <laughs> but we all, this is the thing, though. I actually don't think everyone's supposed to be, quote unquote, a healer no, as I their agree. J-O-B. No, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, not everyone is going to identify as being a witch, mm-hmm. you know? not We need all types of, of whatever work yeah. in the revolution. Yeah. And not everyone is actually supposed to do that sort of work as their monetized work, you know? I feel like people, there's this, there's this belief that the healer is perfect. There's a belief and a desire for healers and practitioners to be perfect. These, yeah, these exemplars. And I think that 
there, in order to achieve perfection, there is a desirability to become a healer. So that that then means you have overcome your um, challenges with or you're life, relieved or you're relieved of any kind of accountability. There's this way that, like in in those in the love and light culture, mm-hmm. which we'll just say it that way, there is this belief that you are separate from accountability or consequence of your actions. And yeah. that's just not true. Like, yeah. like we're all, we are all capable of harm. We're all capable of yes. being harmed. And something I want to kind of come back to is yeah. like, you know, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be boundaries that we have for ourselves and others, particularly when we're seeking help from someone, there's there's got to be, you know, you your own boundaries that you have to track, your own parameters, your own um, criteria for for somebody who feels safe for you. And for me, as somebody who experiences chronic illness, mm-hmm. um, a a um, progressive long term uncurable neurological disease, um, there's always going to be this other being that I am in relationship with. So it's not just me showing up as a facilitator or a teacher. It's me and my Lyme disease Mm -hmm. and my social anxiety and my CPTSD. It's me and my entirety showing up. Like what is... What is important for me as a practitioner to think about is what is my capacity Mm -hmm. to be with another person and my own experience? And can I set my own personal experience aside in a way that allows me to be a safe person for another person to lean into for a time? And for me to be able to do that, I also have to then turn towards my community and ask for help as well and receive that. Because otherwise, we are just, you know, passing around Liza's broken bucket. Back and forth. Broken bucket in the bucket with a hole. Yeah, yeah, but really there, like, needs to be, like, a new bucket that's built. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I just want to say, like, if you are struggling with this idea of, you know, you're not good enough, you're too broken to be loved, you're too fucked up to be of help to another person, I just need you to slow down. I I encourage you to slow down and just think to yourself for a second, where does that belief actually come from? And what are you trying to help others with? Like, I think that there's also, maybe the last thing I'll say is, like Kiki was saying, we need all kinds of jobs, all kinds of roles, all kinds of um, iterations and permutations of humanity um, to rebuild 
uh, a common culture of mutual liberation and accountability. And if you're feeling at a loss or or um, ineffectual, mm-hmm. which whatever that word is, in your community, you might be misaligned. Your actions and your capacity and your skill sets might be misaligned with the needs of community. So maybe think about like, what are, what do you actually want to offer? What do you have to offer? What do you need to receive? Also, I think about this rise, this increasing rise in interest in fortune telling by Gaja people, non-Roma people. And this is a weird tangential jump, but it's like, you know, just because you're interested in say, like tarot doesn't, mean that you have to be a tarotist or like a cartomancy practitioner. It could just mean like you work with the tarot to help you in your day-to-day life personally. And maybe you work with tarot. If you are a practitioner, maybe you work with tarot to help you figure out how to be in different relationships with your clients. It doesn't mean you have to use the tarot or work with the tarot to, as a as a practitioner you know just because you're really gifted at art and and painting doesn't mean that you have to sell your work i think i say this almost every episode but it's like you don't have to commodify your interests or your passions yeah. but being aware of them and being in a in a honest relationship with them allows you to better understand what you're bringing to the collective table mm-hmm. and knowing that not every person is responsible for everything there are things that you're good at and there's things you're not good at. And yeah. like, damn, like you might want to be really good at something and you might even practice it over and over again and still not be as good as maybe you'd want to be. And um, and maybe you're really, really amazing at it. And that's awesome. And you just have like this false sense of self and maybe you're just really shitty at it. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool too. Like, like you get to change your mind about things and you get to, yeah. to always be asking yourself where is this judgment coming from? Where yeah. is this assessment coming from? Like, where is this um, value rooted? Um, I want to just say some thoughts, and it might be backing up a little bit. Um, but just kind of going along the lines of this conversation of, like, the healer and being, you know, pure, like, healed enough to be showing up to others... Also in that conversation, I want to kind of shatter those projections of like that pedestalization mm-hmm. of the quote unquote healer. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I always kind of come to things with like, we are kind of our own best healer, you know, we're own, our own best authority on ourselves and that power mm-hmm. isn't placed outside of us while we do maybe need someone to look at our bucket to see if there's any holes in it. Right. That's kind of simplifying things Mm -hmm. or we need someone to hold space for us or maybe offer Mm -hmm. a channel for spirit or some guidance. I do really feel like we can also be our own resource in certain ways. And we're truly kind of our own, like, our own guide or like our own uh, healer in certain ways that like we cultivate those skills um, within ourselves. So, you know, kind of talking about like maybe, you know, working with the tarot is something that you really love to do. Maybe that doesn't mean that's how you show up to community, but that's how you access your own intuitive guidance. So that Um, you can show up to community in the ways that you are responsible for. 
Okay, the last thing I want to say about this witch tip is this. What is the witch tip? I don't even know. I think the witch tip is like, do do what you need to do to remyth your relationship with this this delusional, abusive notion of perfection. Mm-hmm. So I want to say, as people who live in identities that have historically been pathologized and are consistently mm-hmm. presently pathologized, not only that, but legislated mm-hmm. against, how can we ever achieve a state of wholeness mm-hmm. and perfection and ultimate healing within cultures of oppression. Like, think about that. Yeah. Truly think about that. And if we're really talking about radical witchcraft mm-hmm. and working with community witchcraft ideas to serve collective liberation, this is one of those insidious uh, false delusional beliefs that we all have to be spending time uh, rooting out of our consciousness. Mm-hmm. Because, look, I'm fat, I'm a queer, trans, Romani, multiply mentally ill, CPTSD, survivor of childhood incest. Like, say any of those things to somebody who's not, Mm -hmm. and they're going to suddenly have a certain kind of feeling or feel a certain Mm -hmm. kind of way about a person like me. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, I just want, I want us to think about these things more critically. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense. No, that makes sense. Well, some it's like the conversation needs to be had. Absolutely. And if somebody's saying to you, oh, you know, you're not healed enough or that healer's not well enough in themselves, the thing about it is you don't know what a practitioner's relationship with their their wellness is. You don't know what that practitioner's relationship is with support in their community. So maybe if you're going to seek out help from another person, yeah. ask them, well, you well, know, what is well, your relationship? Yeah with personal healing what is your relationship with personal right. accountability absolutely yeah, why this not is, I, this is actually uh, what um and don't take another person's word exactly. for it because that's discern for yourself discern for yourself and ask the questions you need to ask for yourself one thing i wanted to say is just making sure you're researching your readers and your practitioners discern for yourself just make sure your values are aligned with theirs. Like, make sure your ethics are aligned with theirs. Also, just know what lens they're approaching healing through and make sure it feels like, you know, I guess aligned with the services that you want to be accessing. Um, because sometimes people like book with me and they don't even know what I do. And so annoying. It makes, don't be annoying. Don't be a loser. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to put that part in there. We're not going to put that part in there. Speaking of annoying. No. Um, Well, it just makes me feel concerned for, it makes me feel concerned because I'm like, okay, if you're, accessing my services and you're just booking a reading with me and you actually literally don't even know if it's tarot or astrology or like what the heck is I I do or offer, then you're probably, they're probably doing that with a lot of other people. Right. And so I think it's just... And a tarot reading ain't going to fix shit in their life if that's the case. Exactly. (laughs) 
please. So first things first. First things first. Yeah. Shore up them boundaries, Liza. <laughs> you yeah, can hit your, your bucket. bucket's got a lot of holes in it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel really confident in, like, my ethics and my values as a practitioner. Um... And I'm, I mean, it's always like a work in progress and like also like I'm constantly kind of checking in and shifting to make sure I'm existing and I'm living within those ethics and those value systems. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think overall it just kind of makes me feel a little concerned and I do see it and I'm tracking it as this rise in this popularity and like spirit work and tarot and, um, you know, witchcraft and energy work too. So yeah. well, spirituality is such a convenient scapegoat for bypassing personal accountability. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, it's been, it's been leveraged as such for thousands yeah, of years, literally, you know, literally. And I think with the rise in difficult conversations and necessary conversations, across mm. communities and, and through fallacies of culture, you know, common culture as a fallacy because it's so rooted in oppressive constructs. There is no common culture at this time collectively. Um, you know, it, 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 I think that people don't like to be uncomfortable. People with power and authority also don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't like to be uncomfortable around certain things. You know, it's like, it sucks to feel tension between you and someone you love. And it's, it really sucks to like realize that you have caused someone you care about to, to be hurt. And it sucks to know that that hurt is sometimes harmful and, and isn't easily remedied and sometimes never remedied. Mm -hmm. So I just think like, that's where we're at folks, you know, that's where we're at. Yeah. I do feel like the bubble has to burst at some point and, um, you know, there will be a clearing of those like illusions and delusions. And, you know, we do have a sense of responsibility to showing up to clearing them within ourselves and, you know, the collective as best as possible. Yeah. I have one final thing to say, and I want to say, this is kind of going back to this idea that Kiki mentioned earlier, which is, you know, it's okay to be annoyed by things and it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to have the feelings you're having. I also want to say it's okay to want to work with a practitioner who's experienced something that you're going through. I personally don't seek out help from people who don't have shared lived experiences with me. I love to know if my healer has, or my practitioner or my therapist or my tarotist or like my herbalist or whatever has personally experienced, uh, some of the things I've experienced. So it it really is very healing. And I think Mm -hmm. if we're trying to actually move towards collective wellness and liberation, we need to abandon this facade of perfection um, because it really, for for years personally, I hid some of the ailments that I have and some of the things I've experienced. And I was, I was strongly encouraged not to talk about those things. And you know what? That's abusive. Because you know who else told me not to tell anybody about the things that were happening to me? My abusers. 
You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. well, if somebody's telling me to pray it away and not mm-hmm. talk about it, that's abusive. Yeah. That's what I've learned in my yeah. 39 years. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't trust somebody who doesn't live in experiences that can relate to my own. And if somebody is self-proclaimed perfect and healed, I'm not trusting of that because what then, then where, what did you come from? You know, where did you go? You know, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so which tips, you know, (laughs) be in relationship with your experiences as best as you can. And if those relationships are causing you to, um, or are, are, if though be in relationship with your circumstances as best as you can. And if those relationships with those circumstances are currently preventing you from showing up to self and others in the ways that you would like seek out help and guidance and do so without shame. And if those relationships with your circumstances are supporting your ability to show up to others, then lean into that and be honest about it. You know, just share. Do we want to talk about witch crushes? first sure so my witch crush this month is ismina vantila who is a romani artist writer and also has a podcast called the romanistan podcast which you should 100 percent check out and listen to um it is on any platform that you access your podcast from, um, it is wonderful. And I just recently finished the episode, um, that was on the international Roma day Mm. and it was really wonderful. And there was a conversation with, um, uh, Yasmina's grandmother and, um, it was just so wonderful to hear that interview and, you should definitely check out uh, Yasmina Vantila's work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Romanistan um, podcast is a collaboration between Yasmina and Paulina. So you can find them streaming that podcast anywhere you cast your pods. We'll include it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. My Witch Crush is a local PNW-based band called Medusa Stare, and they are a goth, punk, queer cacophony of deep, erotic, and sensual magic. Um, I'm going to let them sing for themselves, so take a listen.
this month's book club was Paramisha, a poetry collection by Francis Roberts Riley, who is a Roma um, writer and poet. Um, and we are here to share some of our favorite poems from the book. I would love to go first and share a few of the pieces that really felt connected to me and um, really stuck out to me. So the first one I am going to read is called Song of the Rose. Before the darkness of our wounding falling from consciousness, we forgot the spiraling supernova fiery rose of our begetting. I appeared. Miraculously, it seemed, painted on a cloak of the Holy Virgin in rosy red fire. Meanwhile, on earth, I lived dark and dangerous in flesh blinded with paranoia, touching the wound ached with the perfume of sorrow, petals on the cross crucified, escaping only when the cultural mirrors of our collective narcissism were smashed. With feral courage, some saw the terror of their own betrayal were themselves broken too. The great fire collecting in caves, deserts, on mountaintops, ice caps rose up. The passionate song from beyond is heard, singing through the earth, through air, through water. The enfolded supernova rose is the ensouled rose now resurrected. The rose, heart rose, the compass, the rose fire blossoming with direction. Mm. And the second poem I'm going to read is called Flowering Dawn. Once I wanted to be the dawn, radiantly alive, water at my feet, rising out of the calm to kiss the night goodbye, painting all of the nature orange, pink, and gold, the dawn chorus winging and singing, olden oaks who've seen so much come and go, eons of dipping and rising as frogs croak, the heralds of rebirth, the open-throated hibiscus speaks of the great wheel that turns. Night to day and day to night, an endless timeless vision, asleep a thousand years wakens the immense Florida night. Mm. I want to say reading this book of poems cover to cover has taken me uh, months and I'm really glad for our assignment of this book for last month's book club because it allowed me to revisit a lot of feelings that I didn't understand when I was first reading them. And I just want to say, um, Francis, if you ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> I just want to thank you for putting to words um, so many feelings that I didn't understand I even mm. had as a survivor of diaspora. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just really, I really, really want um, everyone to maybe take some time and look into some books written by folks from your own, ex your own cultural experiences, particularly um, if you are diasporic. Um, it, mm. it, 
it's so healing to um, hear words of our elders. Um, anyway, I want to read two poems um, also, and the first is called Hecate. You know these roads here at the crossroads where my hounds howl at night, my supper upon the altar, a placation, an offering to the goddess of the darkening moon. The moon waxes, waning. The way home is through a cave, inwards, into the darkness. Here my cells transmute, cell by cell, like my supper, decomposing on the altar. Mm. Let the gods feast upon my eyes, fingers, my bones, that my body may atone and repent for transgressions. Hear the cries as I heard Persephone's, why hast thou forsaken me? I am tribal grandmother of the underworld, queen of all that is unheard, unseen, and unsaid. Come with shivering hand to me, veiled sister, ancient hag, into the labyrinth. It is I, the Holy One, crone of the blessed crossroads. Let me lead you, take you home. Mm. The second poem I wanted to read from uh, Paramisha is dedicated to all of our Roma cousins and siblings. It's called Forged in Fire. Our voices forged in the dark, dreadful fires of the Romani Holocaust, marking a lasting legacy of our Romani elders and ancestors have set down before us. We need only build on this historical heartbreak by standing together in solidarity to realize that perseverance does, in fact, prevail. In firmly holding on to the desire to love and cherish one another, we keep faith with many who have gone before us by honoring those that we have lost. So we really want to thank Francis Roberts Riley for this collection of poetry. Um, wow. In the feels. So we're in the feels, um, and we're going to talk about the next month's book club book. Do you want to introduce? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this month we're reading Sovereign Erotics, a collection of two-spirit literature. And I'll read a little bit from the back. This landmark collection strives to reflect the complexities of identities within native gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, and two-spirit communities. Gathering together the work of established writers and talented new voices, this anthology spans genres, fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and essay, as well as themes, memory, history, sexuality, indigeneity, friendship, family, love, and loss. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And it also represents a watershed moment in Native American and indigenous literatures, queer studies, and the intersections between the two. Mm-hmm really fucking excited about this book um we'll put a link to it in the show notes and um that's our book club for the month yay so we are on to witches in space 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 space. we have some uh really (laughs) bad news for everybody um but this needs to be said yeah. This is bold and brave. I know. This is... I feel really nervous, and I feel like it is feeling a little complex. Yeah. It, this is a bigger conversation. We're yes. just going to dial it in, and we're going to just say that love and light culture... Yes. ...is actually... Yeah. And... One there's of the, been an infiltration. There's been an infiltration, and one of the tools that they are using r- recently is... Yeah, and... and, and this sounds crazy, by I know, the way. This unhinged. <laughs> I don't even know if we should put this on. I'm really scared. I'm honestly so scared. I think we should start over. Yeah, okay, okay, we literally okay. found unhinged. <laughs> Your your friendly neighborhood <laughs> conspiracy theorists. <laughs> we are currently experiencing technical difficulties. Alters Up Witches apologizes for any inconvenience. Please wait as we attempt to resolve this issue and bring you back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you. Folks, all right, we're now we're on to witches in space. Space, 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 space. 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 Well, because we went off on multiple tangents within the love and light community, (laughs) um, we're gonna cut this witches in space short. Yeah, we're just gonna keep it short and sweet. Yeah, I wanted to say (laughs) with love. I wanted to say something I've been thinking about a lot lately is um, the power of being present. As a person who lives with CPTSD, I have been working a lot with my therapist around um, around that history. And being present is become a challenge. And I think like when I when I was thinking about witches in space, I was like, okay. We talk a lot about space and the power of space and the cosmos outwardly, but let's talk about the power of space and the cosmos inwardly. We have space in our minds. We have space in our bodies. Yes, yes. All those constellations that we talk about that are outside in the galaxy, all those constellations actually exist within us as well. Did you know that there is more uh, space inside of us than there is physical us? I'm just digesting that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Here's another little fancy tidbit. There's more bacteria cells in us than there is human cells or people cells or like us cells. Okay. Do you know what? I'm just going to take this a step further. Did yeah. you know that we came from fungi? Oh, my God. <laughs> fungi from a dying planet. And 
also fungi apparently came from space. Oh, damn. So we are space mushrooms. Yes. So there's literally space inside of us. We're also carbon-based, which where is carbon from? You know, the belly of a dead star. So just think about that, folks. You're a mini universe. Think about that. Think about that. The edges of the universe exist in your personal boundaries. Find them. Wow. (laughs) And have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Share, like, and subscribe. Make sure to hit that like button if it resonates with you. <laughs> we won't put that part. Yeah, we got... Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Meet you at Whole Foods. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been a it's been quite a ride. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, we definitely were uh, in in embodying some Aries energy today. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, do your tariff spread and drink your water. Yep. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. forget to subscribe and leave us a comment and some positive feedback for this podcast and tune in every new and full moon for new episodes. 